We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee. Sorry if my audio is a little off. I'm recording on a different mic tonight, so this won't be uh, won't be a permanent thing. Just a a post game technical hiccup. It's fine. It's fine. Um, the 49ers won. They beat the Vikings. We're going to talk about it. Here we go. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Has got him and a second back inside the 30 yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13 yard loss. Quick pass caught by Kittle. He dives and he's in. Touchdown 49ers. A 17 7 defensive slugfest <laughs> in Minnesota. It was the, the thing that popped into my head immediately after the game or as the game was going on late in the fourth quarter. It's like, I get why Brandon Ayuk thought practice is boring this week. Cause if it looked like this, like it was, it was probably super boring. It was just not an enjoyable football game to watch really. It was by any measure preseason. It was. Yeah. Cause like the, the Packers game was fun to watch because you had Trey Lance, you had some starters in there. Um, you had some big plays he had some cool interceptions. You had, and this was just like, I mean, how many false start penalties were there? How many drop passes were there? The it was 49ers just ugly. Had Ten penalties. Yeah, just in just a preseason ugly. game. Just really ugly. Like oh five on third downs in the first quarter or in the first half, and I know they were better as the game went on, but it was just it. To, yeah, your point. Peak preseason, like Kyle Shanahan making that very clear. Even a couple weeks ago when he said he wasn't expecting the starters to play in this game because they have the short turnaround with their preseason finale next Thursday in Houston right. that they'll serve as, as more of a dress rehearsal. Now, I still wouldn't expect all of the starters to suit up and actually play in that game. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this was, this was, I mean, it felt just like as much of a throwaway as a preseason game can be really like, there were some interesting things that happened, like Drake Jackson playing with a bunch of backups, like clearly stands out 
Mm-hmm. Just like you watch so did Javon him. Kinlaw. Yeah, so did Javon Kinlaw. Like you just watch those two guys relative to everyone else on the field, and it's like, okay, those guys look like NFL players, like starters, yes. like potentially good quality contributors. Um, I think the thing that I'm gonna take away from the game, and I didn't really give this a whole lot of thought going in, and um, you know, I went on Greg Papa's radio show last week on KMBR. Sorry, and he um he asked me if about the competition for the second quarterback job. And I had been under the impression that there wasn't really one just because, you know, Brock Purdy kind of didn't really feel like in the practices that I watched was ever pushing Nate Sudfeld for the number two job. And then right out the gate, you have Greg Papa and Tim Ryan talking about how this is a quarterback competition and and Brock Purdy and Nate Sudfeld end up rotating series. And I, I mean that they're saying that because they're probably being told that, right? Like they're, they're not, they're not making that up out of thin air. Like, so maybe there is an element of, of the backup quarterback job still being up for grabs. I don't, I'm curious to, to see what the beat writers who are on the scene in Minnesota, um, write about that. Uh, after talking to Kyle Shanahan today, we're recording this immediately post game, so I'm not watching the press conferences. But um, I wonder if it's an element of Sudfeld maybe falling back to the pack and Shanahan not being thrilled with him, or if it's something like Brock Purdy has been improving pretty steadily and improving to the point where Kyle Shanahan's like, hey, maybe he is pushing it for his money, yeah. and maybe and maybe Kyle Shanahan just wants to spice things up a little bit in what was largely a throwaway preseason game. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but that was yeah. that was interesting. Like when I the, the, to me that's the biggest takeaway is like from this game was like, oh, it, this was the preseason game where Kyle Shanahan sort of made it less clear what the backup quarterback position battle looked like. Um, and pretty looked good, man. Yeah, I mean they were both fine. Like the the numbers the were thing- pretty equal. Yeah, pretty Relatively. 14 to 23, Sudfeld 13 to 17. There are a bunch of drops in there. That was that was really bad. Yeah, I'm not going to do the thing where I go back and like recount all the drops. No, no, they're that. just like, the no, those those just they they happened. Yeah. Um I I just I don't know. Purdy looks like he moves around better. Throws the ball down the field more. It feels like feels like Sudfeld just I don't know. But I could also see the 49ers wanting a veteran in for for Trey Lance but yeah I think that and that's what I think ultimately will be the deciding factor like if you're if Trey Lance is your starting quarterback and you make a big deal about how inexperienced he is then are you really going to go with uh, a rookie backup like it just probably not probably not right like and not obviously Nate Sudfeld doesn't have like a whole lot of experience in games but he's been in the league for a little while now like to me that's that i didn't see anything that really swayed me from like oh nate nate sudfeld's going to be the backup with the exception of the way greg papa and tim ryan were talking about the whole quarterback situation totally which is a little odd and sudfeld's been in the league for three years he's 27 um so it's not like he's he's a super vet but yeah i thought that was interesting do you know who stinks? Kellen Mond? Yeah, that's who stinks. <laughs> oh my God. In fairness to our guy, Kellen Mond, 
there was also a lot of pressure on him. I thought the 49ers defensive front did a pretty good job applying yeah. some of yeah. that pressure. And um, oh, George Odom had the interception. Um, I don't know if he would start over Tarverius Moore week one. It, it Assuming Jimmy Ward's not going to be able to play. Quantra's night in the mix? Maybe. Sure. Taylor Hawkins had the game-sealing interception. Yeah. Watch out. Um, Malik Turner is somebody who I watched at practice and never really got the impression that he would make a push, a serious push for the roster spot, but apparently he's good on special teams, evident by him knocking the ball out and forcing that turnover. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm going to dig a tough ar- catch on a third down too. Yeah. I'm going to dig around on that because I've heard some not so awesome things just about like what he is as a receiver on offense. But if he's going to be a core special teams player, then that obviously changes the equation. Um, And you do wonder, you know, Juwan Jennings had a drop. Drops have been a problem this month. I'm not entirely sure what's up with him. Um, I don't think he's in any danger of getting cut. But if you do keep six receivers and Turner is better on special teams, than Jennings, who's not really a special teams guy, is Jennings down on game day? You know, Maybe. are you are you rolling with are you rolling with Danny Gray and Ray Ray McLeod as your possible you know third and fourth Maybe. guy with with Turner potentially as number five and a special teams guy? I mean, that's these are these are the really important things that come up when you watch a super interesting oh, no, preseason no. game like this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, Trey Sermon might not be good. Yeah, it was not this a good is, Trey Sermon game. This is... No, and, and we talked about it last week. He looked a little more explosive, maybe a little more decisive. But then tonight, there was there was one run in particular early in the game where he had the corner. Like, he could have turned the corner and gotten a few yards out of it and did, like, a weird stutter step, like, fake cut back inside and then tried to get to the edge. It's like, dude, you, you just have to go. This offense is built on 
offensive lineman firing off the ball, setting the edge, and the running back getting to the edge, turning the corner, and going. Like, that's that's what it is. And he seems incapable of doing that. Like, the indecisiveness at this point is, like, if you're Kyle Shanahan, that's got to be maddening. Yeah, I think the indecisiveness is is still an issue. I think the bigger issue to me is his inability to just make anybody miss or break a tackle. Yeah. Right. Like you, you have to be able to do that. You know, you, you Kyle Shannon ultimately wants a running back who will get the yards that are allotted to him by way of how good the blocking is. Like that's kind of the bare minimum for Kyle Shanahan and Trey Sermon, obviously to your point, isn't great at that right now and could improve Mm -hmm. on that a lot. But just like when he's one on one with with a guy, he's not making anybody miss and he's not running anybody over. And like, you know, Ty Davis's price run in the second half where it seemed like he broke four tackles. I was like, yeah, Trey Sermon. We haven't seen Trey Sermon do anything like that. Right. Like he's right. He's sort of this like he doesn't seem fast enough to 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 like be elusive at all or powerful enough to to drop his shoulder and and flat back a, a defensive back which you know compared to like Jordan Mason I thought looked really good at the end of the game he did he looked explosive decisive yeah. things that Trey Sermon did. Trey Sermon's at 11 carries for 19 yards and I get if you want to blame the offensive line but that's not been as much of a problem for Ty Davis Price wasn't a huge problem for Jordan Mason and maybe it's because right. those guys are going against like third and fourth stringer maybe that's what it is but I can't imagine there's so much a difference that you have one guy averaging less than two yards a carry and the other guys pl- playing pretty well. Right. Like Ty Davis price tonight looked like the player that the Niners drafted in the third round. Like he was getting downhill. He was running people over. He had a little bit of wiggle, good balance when after contact. And that's just things that Trey Sermon can't do. Yeah, I think. I think we're probably looking at a scenario where Trey Sermon doesn't make the team. Right now, yeah. I mean... As of right now. like, And I go back to, like, you want to have a deep running back group, but you also don't want to hang on to a guy just because you drafted him. Right? Like, you you want him to really earn that spot. And I don't think the way he's played in two preseason games now warrants the spot. I wanted to see more after the first one. Because mm-hmm. I knew the blocking wasn't great, but it looked like, to your point, like he had some space and those runs just didn't go for longer than like three yards yeah. on a few of those plays. Like he had five carries, eight yards, and his longest run was three. Yeah. Last week, his longest run was six. Yeah. Mason had a 17 yard run. Ty Davis Price had a 14 yard run. And both of those were runs where, yeah, they encountered resistance, but they broke tackles. Right. Right. And Trey Sermon, when they drafted him, it was like, wow, he's built like Debo Samuel. He runs like Debo. This is just going to be running back Debo Samuel. But he's not. He's just not. Yeah. He doesn't have that dog in him. Oh, you're going there? Wow. Yeah, dude, I went there. <laughs> wow. I know what That's, you want from me, man. That is that is harsh. That might be the harshest criticism you've ever given a player on this on this podcast. Just flat yeah. out saying he just lacks the dog. I'm here to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear, Chris. <laughs> but that's, but I know I, I say that like in jest, but that's like, that's the meaning of that phrase. No, I, yes. Like I when you're, when you're boiling it down, no, this is, this is not for the listener. This isn't for you. 
when you're boiling it down, like, oh, he's a dog means like, yeah, he breaks tackles. He's fighting for extra yards. Like he's just a beast. Mm-hmm. And Trey Sermon just doesn't like it's just not there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm definitely leaning more towards the side that he doesn't make the team now than I than I was a week ago because I was I did want to give him a little bit more time, but also like it it doesn't really bode well for a Kyle Shanahan coach team when you're just getting a bunch of carries in a preseason game and you're not like a rookie. Right? Yeah. Does it concern you that Tavarius Moore was playing late in the fourth quarter? No. You think it's just like reps because he hasn't he hasn't been healthy? Yeah, I think he okay. needs reps. Um, that's fair. He, he's coming off. That's the what injury. it. That's that's I, what it looked like against Green Bay. Yeah, I just need to play. Yeah, I just don't know because like me and maybe I'm maybe I'm I'm thinking too much about him as a player like pre injury because I was I was you know thought he was good like mm-hmm. when Jaquaski Tart was hurt in 2019 and more played for him. At strong safety, I thought he played pretty well. Um, and when he was when Tart was healthy, I thought Moore played pretty well as as the third safety. And he obviously had the interception of Pat Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I, I don't. He, I I still believe in him. You know, to to potentially have a decent season. Like, I don't know though. It's tough because I, I if. If he doesn't make the team and Jimmy Ward can't play, like I just don't know how good Greg Odom is. But it might not really matter. Um, George Odom, sorry. Yeah, this is this is my Ohio State. That's okay. That's okay. The 49ers home broadcast is calling him Tyler Hawkins all night. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Big big film guy in the plane, apparently. That is go figure. Great story. Um watching film of all the teams per uh, per Tim Ryan. Yeah, which I love that he's just dialed in. Like the Niners don't play the Patriots this year. I love the idea that Taylor Hawkins is just grinding Patriots tape. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know because I mean, if if they're really not sold on more, then I guess that I guess they could cut him. I tend to think they'll keep him, and he's probably the most likely guy to start <clears throat> at free safety week one. Yeah, but also like the Bears are so bad that it might not really matter. <laughs> Who's playing free safety? Because like the, the offensive reason- line is bad, the receiving core outside of Mooney is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's it's crazy that we're still three weeks away from week one too. Is that Byron Pringle disrespect? Yes. <laughs> no, I, the, the only reason I the only reason I asked about Traverius more is when a team goes into a game as not caring about it as the 49ers and Vikings went into this one with 27 guys slated to not suit up. Uh, and then you see Tavarius Moore playing on the last series of the fourth quarter that the like red flag goes up. Yeah, but that's probably, that's probably Dante Johnson's spot. Like those are probably his yeah. snaps and yeah. he's hurt. No, that's fair. That's fair. So that's I was just asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's where I mean he probably just played out in necessity, I would think. And he needs the reps. Yeah. So um anything else from this one? No, just really looking forward to Houston. Just dying to see if the Niners can can handle all the pressure of going undefeated in the preseason. Yeah, and quick turnaround. That's actually that's 
that's actually one of the interesting, like actually interesting things about their preseason schedule mm-hmm. is they played tonight in Minnesota, Saturday night. They're going to get in early Sunday morning and then they have a game Thursday in Houston. Like that's a, that's a brutal turnaround. Wow. So I know, I know it's not going to, you know, Nick Bose is not going to play Fred Warner probably won't play guys like that, but I bet Trey Lance will play in the third one. You'll see some starters, but I'm guessing it'll be more guys like similar to the, the Packers game and like Trey mm-hmm. ended up playing two series, which was the full, the full yeah. first quarter. It'll be, it'll be like that. And like, maybe you get a series from Kittle and Debo and yeah, we'll see. But the cuts aren't coming until the following Tuesday. So a week from Tuesday, August 30th. So they'll have their full complement of their 89 men roster. Um, we haven't talked about 85. They're at 85. 80 on Tuesday. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, These new rules suck. <laughs> they keep changing. I, I keep forgetting like when the cut down days are for how many players. Um, we haven't talked about the Deshaun Watson suspension and how it might relate to Jimmy Garoppolo since the 11 gamer was finalized. I mean, I've been un- under the assumption that Jimmy would go to Cleveland. Um, I know there's a lot of chatter about that. And I know people more plugged in than I ha- than I am uh, are saying that they believe that to be true. I know there have been reports to the contrary outside of Cleveland or coming out of Cleveland. I should say like, I don't know. I tend to think like if it was going to happen, it would have happened. Yeah. Here's there's I, still here's, time. There's still time. Here's what, here, here's what I think. I think that Cleveland knows that if they trade for him right now, he's probably not starting week one. So they wait until August 30th, or I guess the Niners can put him on the 53 and then cut him the day before the first game and not pay him. So they keep him an extra 10 or 12 days or however many days, cut him, and then Cleveland doesn't have to give up a pick and they don't have to negotiate down from $24 million. They can just see what the market is and be like, hey, nobody wants you. Here's $2 million. Come be the backup. They get Jacoby Brissett through a couple weeks, see how that goes, and then they have Jimmy Garoppolo of Brissett stinks. That's yeah. what I think is happening. Yeah, you know what? I think you're right about that because at this point now, because like I think if the Watson thing had been settled sooner, mm-hmm. like at the beginning of training camp, it probably would have made more sense to trade for Jimmy in this because I agree. because you could get him practicing and get him ready for week one. But yep. at this point, with week one three weeks away, like it would it would be a bit of a stretch because even like in 2017 Jimmy Garoppolo was traded on Halloween and didn't make his first start until early December he was in the building for a full month yeah before he was given a start yeah so it is a similar offense and, in Cleveland but it probably would be a stretch to say he'd be able to well, start a game in three weeks for them so Cleveland has to get through 11 games without Deshaun Watson Here's their first four. So let's say Jimmy Garoppolo gets in the building on September 1. Say the Niners cut him on August 30th. Can you imagine, by the way, if they don't cut him on August 30th? I would be stunned. It would be... Well, right. They would be, they're would. they not going to well, eat no. a roster spot to keep Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Yeah, I, that would be surprising. I guess what would be more, I, I shouldn't say I would be stunned if he's on the team through final cuts. I would be stunned if he's on the week one roster, like because that yeah, no chance. His... There's zero chance. No, yeah. I mean, not not yeah. ever zero, but no, I would be stunned if they. Why would they eat a 53 man roster spot for a week and a half? It doesn't because they think they could still get a draft pick for him. That's Man, the that's, only that would be freaking crazy. Anyways, <laughs> so let's say let's say he's in he's in Cleveland early September. Their first four games are at Carolina, home Jets, home Steelers, at Falcons. So that gets them through the first week of October. They probably so think they could be. Have- they probably think they could win a couple of those games, even with Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. So they go two and two or three and one with Brissett or whatever. And then you have Jimmy Garoppolo uh, by week five to get you through week 12. And that's, that's why that still makes sense to me. So I don't think the Cleveland and Jimmy thing is dead. I just don't think Cleveland feels the need to, to deal with his contract and trade something for him when they'll be able to get him in early September anyway. They should be two and two at least through their first four. I agree. Even with percent. Yeah. At least two and two. Carolina might be bad. The Jets probably are going to be bad. The Steelers, good defense, good roster, but bad at quarterback. That's a winnable game. And at Atlanta should be a win. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Brissett doesn't Brissett's not terrible, but Garoppolo is definitely better. Yes, so. I would agree with that. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Anyways. It'd be nice if it just happened, but yeah, just one way or another, we had a resolution. Anyway, um, all right, we will be back. Do you have anything else? I have nothing else on this game. Friday, September sixteenth, Cooperage Brewing Company in Santa Rosa. Get there. Uh, live event we did it last year we announced it last or this week um details are still to be determined but there there is going to be another live panel again um hopefully we can get more people out there because it'll be ahead of the the uh, home opener and so mm-hmm. um thinking that will the crowd will be better not better but more more people will will come uh because last year's kind of happened in the preseason yeah. Um, the beer is going to be releasing s- at some point around then there will be plenty of candlestick chronicles, hazy IPA from Cooperage at the event. Um, I'm fairly certain Cooperage is going to distribute it, uh, wherever you get your Cooperage beer, uh, you should be able to get candlestick chronicles when it comes out. You can also we order need, it. We need to get a list from them that we can post. We will. Because we will. people we have, we'll have, we will have time. a distribution <laughs> list. We will have a distribution list and um, you can also order it from their website and they will ship anywhere within the state of California. Right. So you can get awesome craft beer to your door. Um, so yeah, it's awesome beer. Like honestly, really good beer. It was, I, w- I had no idea what the beer, I know Cooperage makes good beer. Um, and obviously that was a big reason why I wanted to to work with them on it, but I was really blown away at how legitimately good the beer was when they made it last year. And so 
Um, I'm thinking it's, I'm hearing it's going to be very similar, if not the same exact formula as last year. So same structure, um, same structure, same structure. The can's going to be the same. Um, it's, it's a beautiful can just it's so sick. It's an incredible design. So anyway, I still have a, I still have a four pack just up in this like closet that we have. Yeah. And it just sits there and I don't want to move it because it just looks so nice and aesthetically pleasing when you walk in the, uh, in the closet. Yeah. I have two left in my fridge over a year old, but you know what? I've, I had one recently (laughs) and it still tasted good. Still tastes good. So, you know, yeah, still tastes good. Um, yeah, Friday, September 16th, Cooperage Brewing Company uh, in Santa Rosa, West Santa Rosa. It's off Piner Avenue. I believe it's off. I don't want to give this read. Air, uh, air. Airway, something like that. Yeah. Um, Just Google it. Cooperage a, Brewing Company. Santa Cooperage. C O O P E R A G. Cooperage. Yeah, spelling things out verbally is not something I do often, so it feels weird when you. All right. All right. See you all there. (laughs) (laughs) Subscribe, rate, and review. We will have pods up this week, one or two before the Houston game, and certainly one afterwards. Uh, We'll talk to you guys. We'll talk to you guys later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.